Hey family, it is your girl, Julie Global Wilson, and you are tuned in to the Color Files podcast. So y'all, I've got some news and it's truly bittersweet. This is the final episode. Yes, the last episode ever of the Color Files. After four rewarding years here at Essence, my time has come to an end. By the time you listen to this episode, I would have completed my journey with this iconic brand. And I am so, so thankful. I have loved and celebrated and wanted to be a part of Essence forever. I think like any black girl who wants to be in journalism or or media, you always dream of someday coming to Essence and touching this iconic brand and making your mark. And I can honestly say I did that. This past four years has been truly amazing. It's just awesome to see a childhood dream come true. There are no words to express how grateful I am to have had the opportunity to represent for black women daily. I mean, come on. We are the dopest, the flyest, the most creative creatures on the planet. No debate, no doubt. And the pride I feel is immeasurable. It only feels right to end my beloved podcast by reminiscing about my time here at Essence. So I want you to take a trip down memory lane with me. But first, I want to thank all of you guys for supporting me throughout the years. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to inspire you and allowing me to share the stories of others that have long deserved to be told. Most of all, thank you for inspiring me. Now, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, my four years here. I came in as the digital fashion and beauty director four years ago and then quickly became the fashion and beauty director, not only over digital, but print. And like my dream just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was able to be an integral part of Essence Festival and launching Beauty Carnival and just working with the flyest, dopest, smartest, like I said before, that's what we are, but people in the media business to be surrounded by black women who on a daily basis are just so smart and so talented is something that I will cherish forever. And I know that there's no place in the world like working at Essence. And so I'm so grateful for this time, but also, again, for the stories I was able to tell. I wrote cover stories. I wrote stories on the magazine, on digital. I was able to launch this podcast. I was able to meet stars and legends. I was on set with Oprah Winfrey twice. I got to style Naomi Campbell. I did a podcast with Tracy Ellis Ross. I was on set with Sierra and Iman and Tiana Taylor and Lizzo. And the list goes on and on. The fact that I was able to do all of these things and accomplish all these things and do it for my ancestors and for black women around the world is just insane. Um, I feel like I'm like writing my novel right now, my memoir, that like the fact that for the past four years I was able to do this is crazy and the fact that I not only got to pour into black women that you you guys also poured into me I am a changed woman I'm a stronger bolder doper black woman for being here and for you guys being a part of my journey and my story 
and I can't thank you enough. And I need y'all to know that even though I'm not going to be here at Essence, that I do need you as I move on to this next exciting chapter in my life. I still need your support and your love and your prayers. And you can always find me on the gram. I'm Miss M-I-S-S Julie, J-U-L-E-E. I hope that you will follow me on this journey and that you will pour into me as I you know, as you've done for the past four years and that I can pour back into you because I will need the strength, support and prayers of my sisters as I move on from here. And just know that just because I've left Essence does not mean that black women or our struggle or our hopes and our dreams and our goals do not come with me. I know that you guys are going to be with me and I'm going to keep pushing that mission and that agenda wherever I go in life and in career. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And I don't want to say it's goodbye because it's just see you later, but it's goodbye for now from the color files. I love you. I'm out. Go forth and be dope. So I know this is the end of The Color Files, but not quite yet. I've got one more very special episode for you. I am just beside myself with excitement to have the one, the only, the legendary, our queen, Mickey Taylor, on the podcast today. I mean, moment of silence. Okay. This woman right here. If you don't know who Mickey Taylor is, then I'm about to school you because she is considered the first lady of beauty, especially here at Essence. She has been a part of the Essence family since 1980, guys. That's 40 years. And Essence is 50 years old this year. So she has been rocking with Essence longer than anyone else. And, you know, she she left Essence several years ago as the beauty and cover director of Essence. But we couldn't let Mickey Taylor go. So she is still out here being an ambassador for Essence as our editor at large. And I can't think of a better woman to, you know, carry the torch and carry the essence of Essence than Mickey Taylor. She is an inspiration. She is a mentor of mine. And I consider her truly a sister to to say that I am a beauty director here and that is a title that Mickey once held is humbling beyond belief. I have not been able to fill her shoes, but I have tried. And um, I just look to her as an inspiration every single day when I come in here to celebrate the dopeness of black women. So to have Mickey Taylor here with me on this podcast is is truly an honor that I can't explain. Um, but Mickey's not only a force in the beauty industry. She is obviously a mentor and an inspiration to so many. But she's also an author. Um, we talk a little bit about her writing and how I w- want her to write her own memoir because I think um, her story is so inspiring. It needs to be told. Um, but she's also written... other um, amazing books, including one called Commander-in-Chief, but our forever first lady, Michelle Obama. Um, Michelle is such a style icon, and I can't think of anyone better to write about that than Mickey. So 
I really want to get into this. I want y'all to listen to this conversation. You will be blessed. You will come out more inspired. You will come out wanting to take over the world because that is just what Mickey Taylor does. She makes you believe in yourself. She makes you know your worth and move forth in these streets and throughout your life being the best version of yourself possible. So sit back, relax, and please enjoy this amazing conversation with Mickey Taylor. Okay, so I just have to start off by saying this is a dream come true. You know that I adore you and that you are someone I look up to and I admire like so many other women in this world. And so it is such an honor to have you, Mickey Taylor, on The Color Files. Thank you so much. It is a joy to be in this chair talking with you. You know the feeling is mutual, and I have just admired you more years than I can count, and I have more adjectives to describe you than Webster will allow me to say. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. I mean, it's so special talking to you just in general, and the fact that I have your cell phone number blows my mind all the time. I'm like... I can call Mickey Taylor. This is insane. So the fact that I also get to talk to you now on The Color Files, which is great because it's going out into the world, but also because it's Essence's 50th year. And, you know, there are a lot of amazing black women who are synonymous with this brand, but you are one of the ones that top the list whenever I tell anyone I work at Essence. They're like, so you work with Susan Taylor and Mickey Taylor, right? And I'm like, actually, they're not both there like really every day, but they're there in spirit because no one comes through the the doors at Essence and doesn't know your legacy and doesn't understand the shoes that they are attempting to fill, but will never fill. So, um, and being the beauty director, it is so, um, it's so... Oh God, I, I like you said, there's no words to describe that I can say that I've held the same title as you. So um so thank you for being you and leaving such an amazing, indelible print on essence. Mm, I'm getting chills now and <laughs> Chills are better than tears, considering I have on two pair of lashes. So, yes, I had to keep it light and lovely so I don't cry and get ugly. <laughs> yeah, but what does it feel like to have, because you are still Essence's editor at large. So what does it feel like to be the longest running, like, editor, person, personality, figure in Essence's history, we're celebrating 50 years now, and you've been here 40 of the 50 years. You know, Julie, it's a blessing. It is an honor to serve us. And, you know, if you just think about it, I had the joy of getting up every day going to work on behalf of black women. Yes. I literally say that all oh the time. Oh, my gosh. Mickey, I say, when someone says, what do you do? I say, I celebrate the dopeness of black women every single day. Every day. And that is such a privilege in and of itself to serve the baddest women on the planet, to serve the beauty queens, to serve those who go the distance when others give up. 
to save to serve the flyest women you flyest, can imagine period you know i remember telling advertisers because hair manufacturers in particular were trying to understand our hairstyles and stuff i said listen you don't have to know what it is just know that it's distinctive yes. and that you want to serve that yes yeah and so that's how i feel the ability to serve that yes that gloriousness yeah. that you know they're they're just no words for us it, it reminds me, too, of what Alice Walker always said in love and in struggle. Because for every queen that you see, you know that she's paid her dues, mm. that she's worked four times as hard for her psychic income, let alone that paycheck. And still she's the flyest woman in the building. Oh, yeah. my gosh. From Michelle Obama to the everyday queens that you can't call by name. Right. The same thing is true. Absolutely. The same thing. So you were saying earlier that you know the exact date that you started at Essence. Yes. What is that date? February 5th, 1980. I walked through the doors. And what was that like? What was that? What was the feeling? What do you remember what you were wearing? Do you remember if you were scared or just excited? And what did that day entail? It, it, It was all of that. First of all, I was coming to work with the woman I had admired since my mother first bought Essence home in 1970, Susan Taylor. And I had only met Susan Taylor previously as a model because I had the the joy of modeling on the pages of Essence in the 70s. I never dreamed that I would be an editor. I I visited Essence in 1971 when um, they were, their first offices were in a brownstone on East 30th Street. And there were all these queens with afros and head wraps, and they were sitting at typewriters telling our story. Typewriters, that's so funny. And Susan was in this, Susan and the art department and the art director were all in this bricked-out space in the back, and they didn't even have desks. They had, like, these... Um, the police saw horses, if you will, oh with large plywood boards over them. And they were looking at model portfolios and photographers. And so that was my first experience of seeing us in all of this cultural wonder wow. at work. And so, you know, because I mean, I marveled. My mother brought home magazines from everywhere, from Europe, from South America, what have you. But, you know, none of the magazines, even the makeup that she could find abroad would match us. But none of the magazines matched us in the neighborhood. Right. Nothing looked like us. You couldn't even walk into a department store and get makeup for us. So then here comes Essence. And some of the early models like Joyce Walker with natural hair in the mm-hmm. 70s. Billy Blair, Pat uh, Cleveland, uh, Julie Pat. Dash. The, yeah. the list goes on and on. And so... If you fast forward to 1980 and I'm walking in the door and now I'm going to be one of those, I'm going to be that I'm going to get to tell our story. Mm -hmm. And so during that first year, you know, I, I came in on the fashion side because I came in from seventh Avenue Mm -hmm. and, and even if you look at the touchstones of the magazine, you know, wrapping this really quickly, in 1980, black women weren't earning the salaries of their Caucasian counterparts. So what did we do? We sold our clothes. So me having a 7th Avenue background, I shopped the fabric market and had the pattern houses create clothing for our fashion pages. 
Now that's a magazine in touch with its right. audience. Absolutely. So, but I also poked my head into all things beauty because I grew up in a beauty salon. Beauty is in my veins. And so one year later, Susan became editor in chief and she answered all of my questions by making me beauty editor. Love it. And my first job description simply said that my job was to affirm the culture's definition of beauty. Mm. Made perfect sense because we were the invisible women. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I started dreaming a world. Yes, you know, get all the model head sheets out. Get me some models off the street because the agency, their vision is too limited. So I started right. stopping girls in the street. And just everywhere. saying, you're beautiful. Come on, you're beautiful. I want to shoot you for Essence Magazine. And giving my card out. And they were like, what? Huh? Yeah. Right. And we did. We really, really did. And so, you know, then... I would go to all these press events and they would present makeup that had nothing to do with the color of our skin, hair products that we weren't trying to get squeaky clean. Are you kidding me? And so I took it upon myself to educate the beauty industry because I had too much respect for black women for them to overlook us like that. Right. I was going to say that was also part of your tremendous legacy in the industry was also being such a voice to um, the beauty industry saying you really need to understand black Mm. women and respect her and know how to market to her and to create products that were right for her. You can't just market everything to anyone. I hate when products are like, this works for all hair types. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It can't. It can do that. I don't wash my hair every day. I put oil in my hair. How can that work for me and work for someone who washes their hair every day and strips their hair of oil? Right. Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't like, make you can't sense. say that. And you really, really champion that um, and pave the way for people like myself mm. to have the power and the authority to go into these boardrooms and say, again, like Mickey said, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to work. And we're going to remind you. Right. Right. Yes. Well, you know, the, the, one of the things that I started doing was hosting what was known as the Smart Beauty Breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we hosted those for years for the industry. And I would take a single topic, like language. So one, one beauty breakfast, it was just all about how to talk to us. Yes. Because they didn't know. I had just come back from Seville attending a large um, hair conference, and they were calling our hair woolly. And I was so offended. Like, no. I was like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, no, I have to go back and do something about this. Right. And then, you know, they would have makeup in light, medium, and dark. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever call my sister dark? Right. Really? Right. So, so I hosted a beauty breakfast on language. I hosted a beauty breakfast on how to, um, how to talk to us, you know, what resonates with us, yeah. how we shop products. First of all, we don't shop products. We shop experiences. Yes. Dope women don't need products. Ooh, that is a tweet. Mickey, you're out here talking to tweet. Dope women don't need product. Not, not ever. And I say that too, because it's like, we don't need to be transformed. Not. We're dope. We're beautiful. We're fly. Right. Do you, would you, can you give me some products that will enhance my flyness? Right. Sure. Right. But we're fly no matter what, because historically, Brands and companies didn't think about us. So we had to just be fly on our own, which we were. That's right. So if you want to give me a product that will make me flyer, sure. But I'm fly I'm fine. 
Right. So you give me an experience. Yeah. And give me a product that makes sense. Exactly. So I taught them that we shop experiences that we want to own, that we make up with ourselves. We're not trying to look like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And we don't buy staples, unlike the other women in the general market. Like when they run out of a lipstick, they buy another one. No, we right. buy, we got 10 lipsticks and we're still looking out for the next new right. noteworthy piece. Right. So I had to teach them that this was the frontier that they were missing. Mm-hmm. And to stop them from scratching their head or shaking their head about it, it's not that complicated. Right. You just have to come off the 90th floor and get mm. in the midst of who you want to serve. Yes. So that's how we began to lock in advertising pages. In fact, I got to a point where I could call and get an advertising page over the phone. That's just a true story. Boom. That's just a true story. Yes. Give but, us your receipts. You know, it's just, but the education, the getting in there, Um, And I would bring all kinds of people to the table that they might not otherwise meet. So if I hosted a beauty breakfast, anybody could be on that panel from an Iman to a Steve Stout to a a hairstylist or what have you, because you cannot understand how to serve this audience until you understand its needs and desires. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we hosted a series of those for years and tried to help them understand why the figures why we index so high, why we were spending $450 million in this category and that category. Right. Yeah. And I also say part of our magic, right, is that our hair can do anything. Anything. It can be an afro, braids, locks, weaves, wigs, all of the things. And it's like, because of that, we buy all the things. All of I it. have right. different products for this hairstyle and that hairstyle right. and a twist out and a, right. and a blowout. And it's like, if you're not tapping in to that market, you don't like money. Right. I'm you like, what are y'all don't. doing? Right. Right. And what I would say to them is if you're not really in business, take your sign down. Right. right. Yeah. Because this, this is what it looks like today. Right. You have to understand that we have you know, diverse textures. And not only that, we refuse to have a bad hair day. We like yeah. to experiment. Today, you exactly. might see me with my natural grade of a four. And right. tomorrow, I might be blown out and straight like a two. So Absolutely. where are the products? If you really want to talk to me, right? then you got to keep my pace. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going to keep your pace. Absolutely. So, you know, it was the years of, um, you know, the digging and like an archaeologist taking research to the places and even giving research to the readers because more often than not, magazines and companies would say that we were appropriating their style. So uh, I would be like, oh no, oh, yeah. like the kids say, uh uh uh. So I would do the research <laughs> on the pages. Like one year, I was so mad, I did a story called Seeing Red. And I stopped because they were all these hair color manufacturers were trying to say we were trying to look like the other. So I put in pictures from the Maasai who colored their Ooh, hair red with the, with the clay of the earth. Right. And then I put in the blondes from the Turkana and the Dinka mm-hmm. tribes. And then I showed us in all our glory so that we would understand who's copying who. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Yes. That, Let that, them know. Right. That's a beauty story. That is a beauty, yeah, story. A beauty story. Let them know. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of stories, you've worked on so many. You are also our covers editor. So it, you've worked on covers and all the beauty stories. Give us some tea. Give us like, what is like the, some of the stories that you remember and that just, you know, I don't know, just sit in your heart. I know there's so many, Gosh. but are there yeah. any like on set with certain people that 
you were just like, this was a magical photo shoot or a cover shoot? There were so many. You know, first of all, in 1986, six years into my tenure, I mm-hmm. pitched for the position of cover editor mm-hmm. and became beauty and cover director. And it was because I really wanted to brand the Essence cover. We were the only magazine of its kind on the newsstand talking to black women. I wanted it to have a signature look. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at, you know, the success of that, I think one of the covers that still takes my breath away is that we were blessed to do the first family portrait of the Obamas. Oh, I remember that. And I remember, Kwaku. yeah, it was June 2008. It was Kwaku, myself, you know, the Johnny Wright, the glam team, and... I'm sitting there in the dining room across the table, just like I'm sitting with you talking with Mrs. Obama, who I'd known by that time a little over 10 years. And this and was I'm right like, before was, they, got, yeah. they were, yeah. they were placed right. into the White House. That's, that's and right. I think it's still the only cover that has had the whole entire family. That's right. That's right. Iconic. It was the first, it's the, it was the shot that was seen around the world. And I'm sitting there talking to her and, the Secret Service are already in the house, mm-hmm. and the girls are running around. I love those girls. They were so unfazed at that time, and they continued that way. And they had just come back from the hairdresser, like, this is how we do, you know? And talking, and I'm realizing, hmm, history is about to be made. And so then Mr. Obama comes home, and he sits in the living room and puts his feet on the table, and we're sitting there talking and kikiing. And I look Key-keying over Kikiing with at, Obama. Right, I can't take it. Right. And, and he was such the jokester. Oh, my gosh. But in fact, when we were shooting single shots of Mrs. Obama, he's standing on the porch talking about, is she cute? Oh, he was teasing. I trying love to make their love. I can't. I just love it. And, and he comes over to me on the porch. He's got two shirts in his hand. And he says, well, which one do you think I should wear? And darn it, if I didn't have a Lucy moment, I was like, <laughs> you were like, I was like, oh, I, he said, you my think this future one? president said, is right. asking me I was what like, shirt he to wear. He showed me a cardboard box and I was it's fabulous. <laughs> but it was just such an amazing moment. And Kwaku and I, we looked over at, that landing, we actually shot them on the landing that leads from the second floor down to the right. living room. And we stacked them on those stairs. It was beautiful. And that's how we got that positioning. I mean. But there were so many like that. Like we had to fly one time and shoot Beyonce in Holland because she was performing there. We put her up on a fireplace. We shot the cover. She's dancing in the garden. Oh. Or we caught up with Tony Braxton at the MGM in um, Vegas. And we just, oh. This hotel has great chairs. And she's leaning back in that chair looking like the queen herself. But, you know, we shot Hallie at White Sands, New Mexico. Here we are in the desert. This is her first of many covers. Tarantulas everywhere, mind you. So White Sands... Like you saw these tarantulas. Big as your fists. So White Sands, New Mexico is the place where they tested the bombs for Desert Storm. And they say it's the only place um, that you could see from the moon on Earth. But that's the place we picked to shoot. In wow. fact, I went there for it. I remember because I had an incredible, she was my right arm, my right brain, Sandra Martin, mm-hmm. who had been with Essence you know, prior to me. She was associate fashion and beauty editor when I joined, and then she became special projects director. And I could dream any dream, and Sandra Martin, she would do the budgeting and make it happen. So we went to White Sands, New Mexico with Halle Berry, two other models. I shot three covers and six months of work. Wow. 
37 beauty shots, spreads, you name it. But there we are in the desert, no lights, nothing. So you have a limited amount of time to get your shot. Wow. But there were so many moments. We went to Brazil and I think that was the first cover I shot, you know, of a model with wet hair. There we were in Rio shooting on Infinima beach and yeah. Are you going to write a book? I, I, I do have, I mean, these stories have book, to be told. And you've written a book yeah. about Michelle Obama, yeah, Commander yeah. in Chic, yeah. which was amazing. Thank you. Um, and needed to be written because she is an icon. Yes. Um, but you're an icon, Mickey. Wow. And just sitting here with the last, like, even just five minutes of you talking about the shoots in Belize mm-hmm. and the desert and here and there. <laughs> like, I want to read about that. Wow. Like, I want you to put it in a book. Mm. So that you can yeah. inspire other people and show them. I mean, wow. you're doing it right now by talking to me and being who you are in the world. But like there needs to be a home. There needs to be something mm. recorded that will be mm-hmm. passed on from generations to generations to say, look yes. what she did. Wow. I just, you know, that's my dream for us to just know that we need to own the possibilities. Yeah. We need to dream lives. Stop. Yeah wishing and hoping and just dream live. Yeah. We and take the leap and take the leap. We are, you know, actually what I call it is a leader shift because mm-hmm. we're already leading, but we got to make a leader shift. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is the future we dreamed of, then we got to stop stepping in the past mm-hmm. and go for it boldly, yeah. boldly. Yeah. And, and so all of those things, you know, that we did at essence is because no one ever said we couldn't. Right. You and, just did it. Right. And when they said, how is that going to work? We showed them. Yeah. We showed them, yes. you know? So does that mean you are writing the book or what's going well, on? Well, it means that I do need to write the book. <laughs> you tell need the to story. write this book. I do need to write and this book. And just to not only about your time at Essence, but just your life, right? Your yeah. mother has an amazing story. Yeah. You have a beautiful family. I think it's also interesting to make sure that stories are told about the fact that you can juggle a really huge, very important career, but Mm -hmm. also be a mother, also be a wife, also do those things. Because I think sometimes you feel like you have to choose. Well, yeah. And and I think it's really a question of owning the many women who lie inside of you. Mm -hmm. And, And that's generic. I use that generically, but it's, all of the leadership, all the genius that lies inside of you. So, you know, I remember standing in my backyard one day and I'm grilling over the grill and I closed the cover with Tyler Perry. But, but cause my brain works like that. Right. But that's and, so and, powerful, yeah. important to know, because I yeah. think also in an age of social media, right. I was just on, um, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, Oh my God, your life is just so fabulous and all mm-hmm. the things. And I'm like, it is facts but, but they don't see all of that right. other stuff that's they right. don't other, they don't right. see necessarily you always you know having to go home and cook right. the dinner that's right and make sure that you're closing the thing that's and right. make sure that you're you're being present for your husband right. or your child like right. they just see you looking fabulous and at the event right, right? and so I think right. it is important for us to pull back the curtain sometimes and yeah. say but we are human and all these women inside me I have to be a wife right I mean, and I want to go, like you told me one time when I was at the Huffington Post and I came mm-hmm. by the office member and we did right. the video series. Yes. And I remember you telling me that you went white water rafting. Yes. And I was like, Mickey Taylor she loves was it. in a raft <laughs> yes. in a water that goes really fast and she might yes. capsize. Like, yes. I was like, there is no way 
Mickey Taylor <laughs> went water rafting. And the fact that you said, yeah, I went water rafting with my family. And like, oh. all this, I'm like, I love you even more that one, you took the time to like have family time. Cause a lot of people just think it's work, 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 which it is a lot of that, but also that you're doing adventurous things and it's not like, I don't know. You're just being you. Oh my gosh. I just think you, you have to own every ounce of your life. Yeah. It is a gift. And if you don't, un- if you don't, don't unwrap it, you'll never know what's inside. Yeah. You know, I think about that, like, with my babies, mm-hmm. every time I, one of my children, they came back to work with me. Mm-hmm. I had a crib in my office at Essence with my last two children. Wait, stop. You literally brought yes, your children to I work did. with you. That's I did. so beautiful. Yeah. We're away from that in this world yeah. right now. Yeah. It's very much yeah. like also like very short maternity leaves, very like just have the baby come back to oh, like no. secure, not only just to like get back to work, but like because you're afraid you're going to lose your job. You're yeah. afraid. Yeah. And the fact that you had the grace and the ability to bring your child with you so that you could be a mother and also right. be a badass editor. Oh my, my gosh. Well, you know, at six weeks, I knew I carried my baby in my womb for nine months. I'm nursing these children at six weeks. I'm like, okay, well now you got to stay home. And I'm no, there was nothing wrong with my mind. So I brought my babies to work, and, and this was the sisterhood that Essence provided. So the sisters helped. They, oh, if I'm in a so conference beautiful. meeting, they're holding my baby. Oh, yeah. Mickey. Yeah, That I is did. so beautiful. I did. I did. Wow. I did. So you, you would have them there. They would yeah. be with you, yes. and you would still be working and closing covers work- and, right. and doing the shoots. That's right. And- On the phone, negotiating cover, nursing, typing with one hand. Whatever was necessary, doing my swipes, showing up with the yes. vision board for the next cover. Yes. Wow. Going home at the end of the day on the train with my babies in a sack. Wow. Yeah. What do yeah. they say about you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to someday probably try to interview them and your husband. But, oh like, what do they gosh. say about the legacy and what you've done? And, like, also speak a little to your relationship with your husband, too. Because oh I think a lot of people miss that too. Like you're also a wife, right? And so like having someone who supports you in this glorious like career that you've had, that's important to have a partner that understands what you're doing and supports you in it. Yes. So I made up my mind years ago that I wasn't going to give myself to anything that would take me away from my children that didn't benefit the larger purpose. Mm -hmm. So when my children went to school, they would turn on the, the principal would turn on the television and and the the media rooms and the hallways, if you will, so they could see their mother on television so that they could say, well, this is what my mother does. Mm -hmm. My mother serves black people. My mother works at Essence Magazine. Essence Magazine is so-and-so, you know? And, and that's just a whole other head trip for me because I can remember this is a sideline. You know, I came through the riots. We, we grew mm-hmm. up in Newark. And being away at the riots, being away at camp in 67, and having the others bring the newspapers to camp to show what the blacks were doing. Wow. So fast forward, then my children are sitting in the midst of these schools with other cultures, and they say, well, this is what my mother does. Wow. And so they never felt like they were being, um, that they were getting the short end of things because they knew mommy was cr- giving to something that had a larger purpose. Mm. 
And I took them on shoots and I took them on trips so that they could understand what mommy does is bigger than all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's important. Now, my beloved, my, my answered mm-hmm. prayer, my, my darling, <laughs> I don't know. I, I always say, and this sounds so morbid, and I don't mean it in a morbid way. It's a beautiful thing. I always say I don't want to know this time side of life without him. Mm-hmm. He is supportive. He's my husband. He's my answered prayer. He's my lover. He's a great dad. Mm -hmm. He's a compassionate person. He pushes me to the moon when I sometimes rather sit on earth. Oh, I love that. And, And I remember when we wrote our wedding vows, none of that I promised to obey stuff. And we wrote vows that said, I promise to lift you up. I promise to be the wind beneath your wings. I've got your back. There's nothing that's going to be too hard for you to go through that, oh. that you go through it alone. And, and that's who we are. How long have you been married? It'll be 38 years in August, Scott Willing. How did you meet? So you were we working were, at Essence we, at the time. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we met. And you know, that I so believe in divine order because our families knew each other for years, but we never met as children. And so when we met, we were both good and grown, as they say. And we started out kind of like friends and, and we had a courtship. Nobody says that anymore, but (laughs) we had a long courtship, like two and a half years. And I think that's so important because I really don't believe in married strangers. I Mm -hmm. think nowadays we marry so fast Mm -hmm. and we don't really know the person we're sleeping with, but. And you're like, I married my best friend. We were friends And we knew each other and we were, and it's not that we didn't have that Eros love. Gosh, we had enough passion to make the children blush to this day. We still do. But it's just that. that. You still give each other butterflies. Oh, my gosh. Every time he comes through the door. And I really didn't think that was possible. But I do. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I tease him. And I say, oh, you're still playing hard to get, huh? (laughs) And we tease each other. And it's just. And the children. uh, Our youngest is still at home. And she still hears us in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're like. Yes, it's like that. And she'll come, will you all be quiet? And I'm like, okay, you and the dog, get out. You're like, move out already. Right. But it's like that. I love that. Yeah. And I I love that you talk so freely about it because it's like, you know, I think when you get like a society makes you feel like when you get a certain age that, you know, you've got to tone that down. You can't be as loud and as passionate and as vibrant as you want to be it's like that's for the youth and it's like i know i'm i'm a tall glass of sass yes you are i got a knuck if you buck personality (laughs) and i'm like i don't want to lose that never i want to be till the day i die just like me and just lighting up rooms wearing heels putting on beautiful dresses Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I love that you represent that, that like, there's nothing about me that changes. Like I'm still a passionate person. Me and my husband still get it in. I'm still doing shoots. I'm still out in these like beauty and fashion streets. And like, you're not slowing down because you feel like you have to. No, no. You know, I always say, don't be a chauffeur to someone else's dreams. 
or their thoughts of you. Show for your own in style. Yes. So um, as we wrap, the other thing I say to us is that, you know, there can be no happiness in life if the things we do are different from the things we believe in. Mm -hmm. So you have to live in your beliefs, how you see yourself, how you celebrate that being, that divine being that looks back at you in the mirror every day. How do you celebrate that? You, no one else gets to define that but you. Absolutely. And to wrap it, I always ask my guests this question, and you've answered it in so many ways. You've answered it 40 years and on here at Essence. But I always ask, when did you know black was beautiful? Oh, my gosh. When did I know black was beautiful? I think I came here knowing black is beautiful. It's so distinctive. You can't miss it. Yeah. And I just, and, and, and in the realization of that, I couldn't wait to be a woman. Yeah. I waited all my life for this. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, so, yeah, just to experience it in all its glory and yeah. not have someone say, oh, you can't do this. Are you too young for this? No, it is, it is limitless now. Yeah. And that's what black beauty is it is limitless that is a beautiful way to end this conversation thank you so much queen mickey taylor we love you we honor you we celebrate you and we will continue to do that because you are continuing to inspire us every day so thank you so much thank you I hope you guys were blessed by that conversation as much as I was. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to the legendary and iconic Mickey Taylor. So as I drop the mic on the color files, y'all need to keep listening to the amazing podcasts within the Essence Podcast Network. The first and foremost, Yes Girl. Y'all should be listening to Yes Girl because Corey Murray and Charlie Penn are just amazing. They're talking to the biggest stars in the world about any and everything. And I just love their storytelling. And I mean, there's 4 million downloads of this podcast. So you need to tune in. Also, Unbossed, which is by Marquita Harris, um, our wealth and power editor here. And she is talking to entrepreneurs. She is talking about how we can stack our coins. She's talking about how we can be better business-minded people. It is definitely something that you want to listen to. Shout out to Marquita. Queen Marquita. Then you have The Solve, which is, again, Charlie Penn. That's my work wife. That's my sister. That's my boo. And she is a love and relationships guru. You need to listen to that about all of, you know, our love and relationship issues and anything that's going on when it comes to our heart. She's got you. Then we have Magic Unfiltered, which is hosted by Sophia and Rochelle Dennis. And it's all about Gen Zers and how they are showing up in the world. Not only, you know, the fun, fluffy stuff, which is amazing, but also the really hard hitting issues that we need to talk about to make sure that our future is in the right hands. And the way that they do their storytelling and the type of people they're talking to 
our future is going to be all right. So definitely pour into these amazing hosts, my colleagues, my sisters, my friends, as you continue to support Essence Podcasts. I love you. I'm out. Go forth and be dope.